Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints had their last day of three straight in pads Wednesday before they'll get an off day tomorrow. We have a couple guests today, former Saints fullback Zach Line and national NFL writer for The Athletic, Mike Jones. But before we jump into those conversations, let's get into some housekeeping. Head coach Dennis Allen addressed some absences at practice Wednesday, one being running back Alvin Kamara, who was not in attendance as he is in New York meeting with the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. There were a couple vet days for players like tight end Jimmy Graham and offensive lineman Ryan Ramchek, and then a few small injuries and moves made on Wednesday. Just a couple announcements. Uh, it'll come out on the uh, waiver report today, but we waived injured uh, offensive lineman Scott Lashley and we signed offensive lineman Tommy Kramer. Um, Calvin Throckmorton went inside with an elbow. Um, Andrew Dow, knee, and Alante Taylor had some hamstring tightness. I don't expect any of those to be major issues, uh, but we're, we'll evaluate them and, and see where we're at. Um, look, you guys probably already know, AK was in uh, New York today um, visiting with the commissioner, so that's why he wasn't here today. Um, have a day off tomorrow and then expect, expect him to be back on uh, whatever that is Thursday. But I think it shows initiative on Alvin's part to want to get out ahead of this and uh, get his side of the story out in terms of visiting with the commissioner. And so um, we'll see where it goes. As DA mentioned, there is that off day Thursday, and then Friday through Sunday, the Saints will welcome the fans back at practice. However, it will be in a limited capacity as the Saints are taking precautions due to the heat. Practice will start inside and move outside around 10 o'clock. Fans are encouraged to arrive an hour later with the gates opening at 9.15. All right, let's set things up with former Saint Zach Line, who has been hanging out at practice this week and sharing some of his knowledge with the fullbacks. Line was originally signed by the Vikings as an undrafted free agent in 2013 after playing at Southern Methodist University. Line played for the Saints from 2017 to 19 and retired after seven years. Line attended Oxford High School in Oxford, Michigan, which is where he is now the head football coach. In the fall of 2021, there was a mass shooting at Oxford High School where four students were killed, including one of Line's football players, Tate Meyer. Tate died trying to disarm the gunman. Line joins John DeShazer and myself to talk about his time with the Saints, coaching, and being there for his team through the tragedy. Zach, thanks for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. How are you doing? How's it being back here out at training camp? Doing well. It's always nice to be back. Um, a lot of familiar faces and um, first couple days in pads is always a good day to be here when you're an ex-fullback. Zach, give us a little background now. You're coaching now where and how long? So this will be my fourth year coaching uh, head coach at Oxford High School in Michigan. Um, we are on a down week right now, so the guys are getting their workouts in still, but uh, gave me an opportunity to come down here. Um, looks like we have a good team this year, so I'm pretty excited. When did you know that you wanted to be a coach? Because some guys get the fever while they're playing, some guys not until after. You know, I have, I've been fortunate to have really good coaches along the way. Um, Joel Thomas, Sean Payton. Mike Zimmer, and then my high school coach was always a really, really big influence on my life. Um, taught me to be tough, just work hard, 
Um, a lot of those things stuck with me you know, through college and NFL. Um, when I was getting close to the end of my career here, uh, he was stepping down as coach, and I felt like the only way to really keep the legacy of blood alive and the, and the values that we have at Oxford is to take that job. Now, you've been out here for this day. What do you think about this team this season? They hadn't seen a lot of them, but they've had a week of training camp. I feel like I've seen enough of this team, you know, being down here in June for a couple of days and now in July to start training camp. And um, obviously, first couple of days in pads, they compete, which is you know, the one thing you're looking for. And then when you go in the locker room, they're hanging out, they're having fun, and that, that's just the sign of good culture on the team. So, um, you know, what you're hoping for is just a lot of work, a lot of compete. Um, the pads were cracking today. That's how it should look on day two of pads, and, um, you know, it got me excited. Now, we know you've been in an unfortunate situation at your high school, a mass shooting. Um, just what was that like for you and for the student body and for the, for the community? Uh, it was incredibly hard. I mean, it's just one of those things you can't wrap your mind around. So um, you just go about it the best you can, just staying together. And you, you, you talk about all these things about culture and family and, and love, and, and not a lot of teams actually get to put that to real use. And I felt like we had built a good culture and a good sense of family to where we were able to, we were able to stay together get through a really really hard season you know every game there's a moment of silence or a tribute or and those are hard just because you're constantly reminded so um this will be good for this class to now move on to a new season um it's it's a fresh start you know we'll never forget tate but um it'll be good to you know play for him and not you know have to think about that year yeah i was about to say how, how much counseling is involved in that because i know it's got to be emotional for the students they know the, the victims and you know yep. it's got to be really tough for them yeah, I mean, there was, there was a ton. The school did a good job of constantly having outlets for the student body and for the teachers and even for the community that had um, had kids at the school or, or have just been from Oxford for a long time. So um, it, it's, a, it's a resilient community, and um, I feel like we're now getting back to, um, you know, the way we used the way we were you know how did you deal with it as a coach because now you're in a, in a mentor position you're in a position where people look up to you and they expect that leadership from you yeah you know it's it's hard because you you know you have to lead young men and you have to give them a sense of direction and a purpose of you know where is life in this tunnel but at the same time you're hurting right too right these are these are guys that you've coached families you know and kids you love so yeah um obviously it's unimaginable it was it's still hard to wrap your mind around but we just did the best we can. That's why you hire a good staff around you. That's why you have a wife that helps you out at home. Um, you know, there's so many pieces that go into it, but at the end of the day, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and moving forward. Now, I know you said you expect and you guys have kind of moved on at least to this season. You expect to have a good team. I do. This Saints team, what do you – well, forget about the Saints team. Your team. Yeah. Your team. What makes your team good or special this year? What, do you, what makes you believe they're going to be a good team this year? I think we've had this will be this will be my fourth year, so it's a group that I've had from freshman year now to seniors. So it's kind of like my babies that are right have come out to their grown-ups now, but they are phenomenal leaders. They they lead the right way. Um, they bring the young guys up quickly. We had nine sophomore starters last year as well on the team, so we have a lot of experience. Guys that have been basically thrown into the fire, and now this will be their second crack at varsity football. So a lot of speed, um, and I feel like every year our coaching staff just keeps getting better, more fine-tuned, and. You know, I, I figured myself out more as a coach, too, every year I go. You know, year one, you're kind of repeating the things that maybe Sean said or Zimmer said. And then year two, you start finding your own sayings along the way. And then year three, you start tweaking your own playbook. And then now year four, it's kind of all your own. So it's it's more organic. What saying of Peyton's has stuck with you the most? 
uh, I think there's words. Like, he'll say, "Look," right? And so I had to kick that out of my. I had to kick that out of my playbook. He hasn't done that yet. Oh, so he still got it. Um, you know, there was a couple things after a couple tough losses. You know, we had the Minneapolis miracle and then the no call. And I remember it was hard to recover from those. But he would say, "If we if we always expect bad things to happen, they will." And so I kind of took that into the tragedy we had. If we have to move forward because we always expect bad things to happen, they will. So that was one where Sean's. Um, he had a really good feel for the locker room, and I feel like that was one where it hit me. I'm like, you know, so um, there's a lot of them, um, but I would say the way more of the the small words along the way, just a tick, and he had just had different words that people don't use that I had to kick out of my playbook because they weren't mine. This team has always kept a fullback. A lot of NFL teams are kind of moving away from it. Why does this team need a fullback? I, you know, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of different things I could come up with. You know, you see it where linebackers started getting smaller to cover guys like Kamara and and these slot receivers now. They need more speed on the field, and now you bring a big 250-pound fullback in to go take on now smaller linebackers, and the run game's more efficient. Um, I look back at when we played the LA Rams, and they don't see a fullback ever in their league or in practice. So we went 21, which is a fullback personnel groups, big body football on them, and pounded the ball on them the first time we played them. So I think that has an element to it, but I also think it's an identity, right? Sometimes you just want to throw a fastball. So you bring a fullback in. I think right now we have two really good fullbacks in Jake and Adam Prentice. So um, today they were they were striking, they were doing good things. So they're just kind of refining their craft. And today's fullback is athletic too. I think both these guys could spread out and do different things. And you know they're not going to do what Kamara or Michael Thomas can do, but they can catch a football and move the chains. So um, it'd be exciting. I mean, you know, the, the more personnel groups you have, you have. Your tight ends, your fullbacks, your receivers, it's just more to prepare for. Yeah, they got that versatility from Zach Lyon, SMU. Um, <laughs> um, when you look at this team now, I think everybody's looking at it saying, you know, this is a team that that didn't rebuild but kind of restocked, got a quarterback, believes it can win the division. What do you see from the outside? Yeah, you know, I think, like I said earlier, there's a lot of familiar faces, but all those familiar faces are really, really key pieces that were around when, when I was here. Now Kamara's the old guy in the room, which is weird to me. He said he was at year seven. That was where I ended. So he's uh, he's now. I think it's hard. To, it's hard to become the old guy in the room, right? So, but you can see him out here. He's leading more. He's pulling guys aside, um, and that's just that's just a natural transition. So um, uh, this team has got a good chemistry about it. You want some of the old with some of the new because we had good runs 17, 18, 19. And you want guys to remember that, but you also want them to. to remember the last couple of years where it hasn't been as great to where they can put that together, pass those stories along to the young guys. And the, really the faster you can bring the rookies and the young guys up, the better you're going to be. What's fun for you coming back here, being able to watch the training camp practices and talk to some of the players? You're, you can never emulate this level of football and the meetings and the amount of attention to detail that goes into everything. So this really fills my cup because if there's one thing you miss, it's this level of excellence. So coming up here, even for two days, and just being around and, and getting my hands on the fullbacks for a little bit, I feel like I have a little part of and of just maybe helping the Saints towards a, a victory. You know, it, fortunately, you're working with guys that can learn quickly, adapt quickly, and so it's just fun. I mean, I, with a down week for high school right now, it was a perfect opportunity to come down and have some fun. So you're actually getting in the fullback room, talking yep. to the guys, getting on the field with them a little bit. Yep. What's your best memory as a Saint? Is it a catch or is it a block or is it a touchdown? No. Oh, I think the best memory, we're playing the Eagles and we had to ice the game and we ran a, a lead play with Mark Ingram and 
had a good hit on the linebacker. Mark broke free for a touchdown to end the game and just iced it. So there's so many good memories. Plane rides home. I had one of my my kids here after a game. So New Orleans to me holds a special place in my heart. But you can't be even even the games I wasn't playing. I was injured. And I'm up in the suites. The the way the paint chips are falling off the ceiling when it's a loud game, <laughs> they, you don't see that anywhere else. So it's just a special place, and you can feel it around the community, win or lose. What's some of the advice that you've given to some of the rookies, new guys that are here about your time in New Orleans and kind of hand, how to handle all of it? You know, I don't know if I've given any advice that way. You know, if I had advice to give, it would be to embrace where you're at right now. I think you're, we're constantly looking forward to starting at linebacker or this spot or this spot, but the guys that succeed, they embrace their role, whatever it is. Uh, that might be special teams for three or four years. You see guys like Chris Banjo who played special teams for – seven, eight years, and now he starts at safety. Now he's coaching with Sean in Denver. Like, you do things the right way, you normally hang around for a long time. Um, if I could build on that, it would be to take care of the sports staff, right? You got, obviously, the media, you got your trainers, you got your equipment guys. The more you can make everybody feel involved, the better things flow, and it's just, it's a good environment. That's where you want to be, right? You're coming to work every day. You might as well like it. Yeah. How important is it for these guys to understand, not everybody, but certainly a decent amount of them, that you're auditioning for the league, one of all 32 teams instead of just the Saints. I think that's hard to, to, to realize, it, especially as a younger guy, because you're coming in here, you're competing all offseason, OTAs, the lifting, then you come into camp and you're here for two weeks before the first game. That's really where you get to give your resume to the rest of the league, right? So the more you can not you're competing, but the more you can work together with, say, another fullback, you two are giving each other advice. Hey, what'd you see there? What'd you see here? How'd I take that strike? How'd I, hit, how'd I do on that hit? The more you guys are better at each other, and really, you want to see fullbacks stay alive in this league. So I, I, I'm biased. I'm talking about fullbacks right now, but man, there there, there is a competition. But it, it's you still got to remember that you got to keep getting better. You can't get beat because somebody's starting. You got to go out there and beat every play. Because when you get in the fourth quarter for the fourth preseason game, whatever it is, that might be your chance. I know that was mine. I didn't play well my rookie year. The fourth preseason game, I had a great game, and North Turner, that was basically the one he told me, that's why you're here. So you never know which game or which opportunity or what play is going to spark something in the mind where they just can't get rid of that thought. You said you've come into your own as a coach. What is Coach Line like? What do you want to be known for? Uh, you know, I, I always think, like, when I, as I was coming out in the combine and all that, I always thought you couldn't read heart, right? So I can have all the X's and O's I want. I can, I can have all the gadgets around our players, but I want them to know that I care about them. And I'm right here with them, right? So I'm never going to stand on a podium and be above them. I want to make sure when we're grinding, they know I'm right there with them. Awesome. Thank you so much for Absolutely. spending time here. Appreciate Thank you, it. Zach. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Appreciate Zach taking some time to chat while he was here. Now the Athletics, Mike Jones, has also taken in a few practices this week. I was able to catch up with him during practice on Wednesday. See what's standing out to him. Less like after is better for you. But, no, this like, is fine. Okay. This is perfect. Mike, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. No problem. Have you enjoyed being here in New Orleans? Yes, yes. It's always great to get down here, um, and it's cool to see the Saints, you know, see them up close and see what they're looking like as they're trying to, you know, lay that foundation. When you're getting ready for the season, training camp's underway, how many stops do you make, and, and what do you glean from each place? It kind of depends on the year. This year I was in Tampa, then I came here, then I'll go back home and then I'll go to Baltimore and catch them in Washington, and they practice together. And then uh, Philadelphia when the uh, Browns uh, practice with them. So um, kind of 
anywhere between like four or five. Every once in a while it's six, but this year I'll be at mm-hmm. four different camps. And what are you looking for when you're at each stop? I mean, is it, I guess, very based on the team? Yeah, it kind of depends, um, but I'm familiarizing myself on the team, um, so that way I get some knowledge of what to expect for the coming year and also you know just looking for some good stories to tell um you know when i was in tampa doing something on baker mayfield and todd bowles on their union together here um doing something on michael thomas you know seeing what Derek carr looks like just kind of seeing and then also just learning okay how are these puzzle pieces fitting together sometimes you know i'll write one story sometimes it'll be two and then sometimes it's just like filing away notes and knowledge for you know the coming season sure what has stood out to you in your time here i know you've been here a couple days now Mm -hmm. um yeah i was really i wasn't sure what to expect from what michael thomas was going to look like um you know and he looks good i know that um he's still working on getting all the way back to the flow but you know as far as his speed and explosiveness and how he's looked against you know one-on-one matched up against defensive backs it's looked good um then you also it's been intriguing to watch as Derek Carr works to get on the same page with his receivers and other ODTAs, but it's a constant process. So just seeing how everything comes together um, has been really cool. We kind of look at the entire landscape of the NFL. What are some of the teams that you think really have a chance to go far this year? A lot of them are in the AFC, you know, with the Chiefs always and the Bills and the Bengals and the Chargers um, are really going to be interesting with they have a new coordinator, um, you know, who should help Justin Herbert. Um, and then you look at the NFC and there's not really a real dominant team. I think the Eagles can be good again, but I also want to see how they bounce back from the Super Bowl because it's always tough on teams. Um, the NFC South is wide open um, where, you know, you don't know how these teams are going to be because they all have, a lot of them have new quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think that the Vikings are a team that could wind up being pretty good. They were building something last year, first year with a new head coach, so they have a second year to build on that. So those are, you know, as far as AFC, you know it's going to be you know a dogfight. NFC is going to be a little bit of a mystery on who those elite teams are. You mentioned the Chargers. That's a team that the Saints are going to see here preseason. They're going to have some joint practices. How much do you think that's going to help this team in kind of evaluating where they're at? No, I think it's really good. And that's the trend that these teams have gone with the last several years is doing the joint practices because it helps the coaches for multiple days see their number ones against somebody else's number ones. Not like you're going against, you know, the same guys who see each other all the time and know like these defensive guys know the plays and they have a good idea of what routes and things to expect so you're going against somebody who doesn't so you can see how your guys will do in that competition it'll be good and also they get more reps in these practices than they do in the actual preseason games so there'll be a really good measuring stick for them I think so they can see okay who's standing out what things we have to work on as we're going against an uncommon opponent um, and how do we adjust from there when you're looking at this team, you've mentioned seeing how Michael Thomas is doing, Derek Carr is fitting in. Defensively, there's not been a lot of changeover except for on the line. Right. You know, how what have you seen in these padded practices there? Yeah, it's it's I, I'm still familiarizing myself, but it is interesting that you have, you know, some veterans, mm-hmm. but then you also have some younger guys and it's like they're kind of in this a little bit of a transition or like a, not a rebuild, but a retools because you have guys like Demario Davis and Tyron Matthew and guys like that, and then you have young guys who are trying to come in that they need to fit in so that way their defense can stay, you know, explosive. And I think that's going to be a big key. So their defense last year really kind of carried them because they had 
ups and downs at quarterback. This year, hopefully, they have more balance, but it is going to be really important for this defense to be able to get after quarterbacks. They don't have a lot of elite quarterbacks they're facing um, during the season, um, so it's going to be good for them if they can pin back their ears, get after them, and then ease some pressure on the offense. Yeah, you mentioned the offense from last year, adding yeah. Derek Carr. How much of a difference does that make? Um, I think it, you, you've got to be able to take care of the football, and that's something that he does a good job of. He uh, can make big plays as well. I think that he didn't get quite enough credit in you know Oakland or Las Vegas as he deserved um, for just being really a steadying force. I mean, two years ago when they had all the turmoil with uh, John Gruden getting you know fired and everything, Derek Carr really helped steady and stabilize that team, and they wound up making the playoffs. Um, you know. I don't think that he was the reason for last year's uh, struggles. Josh McDaniel has a lot of stuff. So I think putting him on this team, and if you have health, that's the big thing, you know, because you've got two really talented wide receivers. You've got, you know, talent at the running back position, the tight end, your line, you know. So if he can just come in here and take care of the football and then put his guys in position, he doesn't have to be an elite guy every single day, every single game. But again, if he's giving them a chance, then I think that's what they need. And that's something that sometimes they kind of lacked last year. And now he can be that difference maker there. Head coach Dennis Allen, coming into his second year, you've covered the NFL, a lot of different teams and head coaching changes. How much of a change is there between the first year and the second year as far as, you know, just the coach settling in? I think there's a lot because they're learning as they're going because as you're when you're a coordinator and he's been a head coach before but when you're a coordinator you are running your side and then you have to figure out how to juggle managing the big picture but also still trying to run the defense at the same time so I'm sure that when he did his assessments he took a note of okay what worked well for me what do I need to change so now he's a second year into this the guys also know what's expected of him what they their routine and the way they approach things so I think for him having the ear under his belt they should uh, take steps forward obviously look there's pressure on everybody but you know for him if they can come out here and build on what they did last year they've got a good chance it looks like he kind of revamped the, the defensive coaches on right. that side of the ball, brought in a lot of the, the people that he's familiar with, people yeah. that he likes. Do you think that that's going to go well for him, having just you know his guys yeah. in the building? Yeah, I mean, people will tell you all the time it's a relationship-based business, and trust is really important. And when you are the head coach and you have so much on your plate, you need to be able to unload some things on your guys that speak your same language, that have a similar mindset and philosophies. And so if he can lean on Joe Woods and the new staff and not have to be so much in the weeds with the defense that he neglects some of the other part, then that'll really help the team as a whole do better. Any player on this team that you're really interested to see how they do this year? I mean, Michael Thomas is my the guy that I circled just because, I mean, he was one of the elite wide receivers in the game. And then, like, for, you know, two, three years, he just couldn't get on the field. And so is this the year? And if he can, then he and Derek Carr, and, you know, they can really help elevate this offense. Obviously, they have a talented tandem there at the wide receiver position. And so if Michael Thomas can get back to close to where he was, I don't think he even has to be the number one guy. But if he's close to where he is, then this offense is much more potent and more consistent. You can't just key on Chris Olave, and they can really, you know, have balance with the run game and all that.
how surprised were you when you heard about Jimmy Graham re-signing with the Saints? Yeah, I was. You know, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, kind of a blast from the past there. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see, okay, what would his role be? What does he have left in the tank? Um, I think he only started five games last year. Um, so I think they'll probably have a plan on how they sprinkle him in. It doesn't like they need him to have a heavy workload because they have depth of that position. Mm-hmm. But it, it's kind of, you know, a cool story uh, to see him come back and if he can have a key role. Do you have any plans of coming back to New Orleans, catching a game? I hopefully so. You know, anytime, like, they're good stories. I chase them, and I also love the food down here, too. So I'd love to come back. Have you gotten a taste of some places since you've been here? Yeah, I went to the Acme Oyster House one night, and then I was told that I had to go to Felix's to compare the two uh, charborough oysters. <laughs> so I went there last night um, and uh, going to come up with a plan for tonight. There you go. Well, thank you All so right. much for the time. I hope you've enjoyed your time here in New Orleans. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was another packed first half of the week for the Saints. I will be back with another podcast Friday as the Saints are back on the field in shells for the day before getting the pads back on Saturday through Monday. As always, thanks for listening. Go Saints. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.